Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Blistering typhoons. I'm Sebastian. Nobody takes my ship twice. <laughs> I'm Andy Shostler. Uh, the sour-faced man with the sugary name. I'm Jordan. And welcome to our review of The Adventures of Tintin. Hooray! I'm excited. Something light. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Something happy and, <laughs> and just loaded with ridiculous talent. It's strange, yes. right? <laughs> I saw this when it first came out. Um, God, 10 years ago at the cinema. Thereabouts, yeah. And I liked it so much more seeing it again now. Good to hear. I was worried this would be a negative review. No, I liked it then, but I thought it was so good seeing it this time. Good. Really, I'm really impressed with it. I I think I just noticed the... um, I mean, it is animated, Mm. but through motion capture, so uh, animated or not, that's a debate for another time. But... uh, as far as the, the, the visuals and, and, and the scene work and how everything is set and just, you know, some of the long, you know, long shots of mm. just the action shots are just beautiful. I was just mesmerised by them this yeah, time. Yeah, it looks great. And, and it looks great. Animated film from 10 years ago and it looks fantastic. Yeah, I love this film. I yeah. love Tintin in, in general. And, and it's a great uplifting film, you know. You're just caught up in this adventure and they mm. end up with all the treasure. It's great. So you said off mic, but I'll go into it. So neither of you are, are coming from the Tintin before? You're not Tintin fans? I've seen little bits and pieces of like the TV show because th- someone in my family, maybe like my granddad or something, really liked it. So like I saw a bit of it when I was a kid, but not, um, not nothing in depth. I remember the cartoon and the comics, but they were never something I read or really followed with any kind of uh, um, loyalty. 
I watched the like shit said, out of these cartoons yeah, growing so, up. <laughs> so I, 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 I knew about Tintin, but I didn't really know anything about Tintin. Speaking of, what is Tintin's occupation? He's a reporter. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't too sure. I was watching this film at like seven in the morning, very tired. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out what exactly does he do? Effectively, How has he gotten tied up in all this? He's, he's a reporter. He's, he's by very trade. good at investigating, but, mm. but not a detective. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. So he, he just writes for the paper. Um, but much like Peter Parker that writes for the paper, yeah. he gets wrapped up in these yeah. things, but not in a literal spider sense. Well, he's young. <laughs> and thing. He's got a fantastic apartment. Yeah, Doesn't very he? nice. And for a young guy yeah. who presumably doesn't make that much money, he's got a great little apartment. Because uh, he's a really good reporter, <laughs> highly sought after. It's all the villains he's gone after. Yeah, really. <laughs> Pitched a bit of the treasure. Um, and he doesn't care about money. No. Later, later in the film, the Thompsons uh, recover his wallet and he says, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't care about the money. It was this slip of paper. So yeah, it's the story I want. Tintin's rolling in it. <laughs> Apparently. Tintin is like the archetypal, like, you know, early 60s, 50s ba- professional wrestling baby face. Like he's <laughs> just good to be good sake, which sounds like it should be really dull, but it yes. never is for me with this kind of character. For some reason, it just never is. He just, he's effectively your pre-superpowers Captain America. He's yes. just a goody goody, yeah. but it works. Speaking just of superheroes and specifically Spider-Man mm-hmm. with the reporter angle, last week we watched The Devil All the Time. And the second Tintin came on screen in this one, I thought, oh, wouldn't Tom Holland be perfect if you were going to do a, a Tintin movie now? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't yeah. Tom Holland be perfect for the role? That would be good. Well, wheeling up, Tintin sort of, he has that almost Indiana Jones-esque feel to yes. him. But he's obviously he's much younger and he's reporter as opposed to archaeologist. It's funny you should say that. Because Tom Holland's is... Um, well, now I'm confused, but I was going to say Tom Holland was cast as Nathan no, Drake. No, there's a, there's from, a Spielberg um, connection to Tintin. Oh, of course, yeah. 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 But Tom Holland's been cast as Nathan Drake from the Uncharted video game series, yeah. which is effectively just Indiana right. Jones for the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, so who knows? Maybe, you know, when Hollywood gets, you know, when, when Tintin rises through the <laughs> list of things to remake. I'm, waiting on a, <laughs> I'm still waiting on the damn sequel to this film. It was meant to be a trilogy. Oh, Okay. But Spielberg, get on happen. it. <laughs> we need uplifting films. I didn't research it because I, I figured it would come up in this conversation when we got to the budget and, and the, the take of this film. I assume this film might not have done that well purely because it hasn't had a sequel and it ends on a freaking sequel tease. It didn't do very well domestically in the US. This was one of those rare films where it was American produced but did very well internationally. Well, it's a that's, European That's usually product. not the way. I know, but it, but this film specifically completely made in the US. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, that's my only thought was maybe it didn't do that well because it literally ends with them about to leave, go out the door, and start the next half of the adventure. <laughs> Look, it's 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 a kids' film. I I don't think you have to be a kid to enjoy it because I no. certainly, as I say, I I loved it more watching it this time. Maybe it's just because I'm ten years older and I got more of the. Subtext or what Haddock is going through. Haddock's the best <laughs> in anything. But I enjoyed it so much more seeing it seeing it now than I did ten years ago. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows why? But you can certainly enjoy it as an adult. But it is a kids' film, and I think that may be a problem when it's marketed. It's mm, difficult it to be. pitch a kids' film as oh no, I know you're thirty five, but you'll love this kids' <laughs> film. There were live action ones done. Yeah. I remember watching them at my grandparents' place. They were in, oh God, I was young. I couldn't tell you. They were in another language though. And they were subtitled. 
because I remember being very confused as to why Captain Haddock didn't sound like Captain Haddock in the cartoons. <laughs> um, but Actually, Tom Hanks was the original um, uh, thought from Spielberg for, for Haddock. For Haddock. Oh, yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. I would have gone more Colin Farrell. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I can like see a that. Salty yeah, Irish yeah. sort of sound to him. Yeah. But um, I I think um, it's um, what's his name, Andy Circus. Yes, does who it. does it brilliantly. Yeah, I mean, no yeah. problems at all. Top Good pick. Shit. Yeah. And the thing is, top of my head, Jamie Bell is um, yes, Tintin. Yes, Billy Elliot, yeah. Yep. And then Simon Pegg and Nick Frost play Thompson and Thompson. Don't ask me which Who, one. I, yeah, I, I didn't pick. Simon Pegg, I ended up recognising the voice, but I didn't hear Nick Frost at all. No. Like he, he did a very good job of what he's doing. And Daniel Craig as um, Rafkin? No, it's not Rafkin. Oh, we just did Whoever his name is, yeah. Red Rackham's <laughs> Red grand. Rackham, that's the his one. grandson. Uh, Daniel Craig. What a great voice actor. Mm, yeah. He hasn't done much voice work from what I know. Yeah, I didn't but think so. This was really good. This was just him. You can yeah. see it. And especially after seeing him in Knives Out oh, and, and seeing just how so good, good yeah. a character actor he can be. Yeah, this is this is definitely a, a great demonstration of him, mm. you know, not being James Bond, being, yeah. <laughs> being a very definitely good actor outside of James of. Bond. <laughs> I love the art style in this film. Um I love the art style in the cartoons, though, and the comics. The car- comics and the cartoon had the exact same style. Like, they didn't rechange the art yeah. for the cartoons. They just made it like, like work. Um, it's so simple, but it just, I don't know, I just love it. Yeah. But to be fair, I, I mean, Cars and Hell, this is a super nostalgia trip for me. <laughs> so I'm going to love everything they do, regardless. So I would say maybe look more towards what Andrew and Jordan think about this film. No, Not having that, because I'm just going to gush the entire time. And there's nothing wrong with that. If the film has, has, has earned that, then mm. absolutely. <laughs> so the writing t- team behind this film, it's Edgar Wright from So Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, uh, The World's yes. End. Stephen Moffat who was originally um, uh, sort of hired to do the writing. And I will say this and is when Moffat was good. We'll talk about that in a yeah, second. Yeah, exactly <laughs> when he right. was confident. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I don't think that's his fault. I think... As Doctor Who went on, he was the showrunner. Andrew, it was entirely his fault. He was head writer and showrunner. Doctor Who went on. The BBC got more and more into the social justice stuff, and that started to seep into Doctor Who very heavily, accumulatively. And Doctor Who stopped being good. Well, why did Sherlock become shit then? Because it all happened at the <laughs> same time it's all in the, the BBC, same Seb. in the same environment. And Paul Moffat, you know, a brilliant writer who is just, you know, constantly having people nag at his ear going, oh, you should make the, the women do more. It's, and, not and, and you- it's not that. I was re-watching Doctor Who lately, as in like within the last couple of weeks, and it was even his second season in, he'd start setting up all these. He was doing the fucking J.J. Um, Abrams thing. Here's a fun mystery. And the mystery had either no or just awful payoff. And that was nothing to do with this character being Maybe. this or that. It was just yeah. like, you, you great mystery, but- Nowhere to go with it. And Look, he did I'm, that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Moffat too, and I want to give him the benefit of the oh, doubt. Same. Yeah, this is during to, good Moffat. <laughs> to say, yeah, there, there were other circumstances that you just can't get around. Yeah. So Moffat himself, um, when, he, when he was asked about being hired for the film, he described Spielberg as love-bombing him <laughs> into doing it by saying, you do, you write what you ever write, and I'll shield you from any involvement from, from the studios whatsoever. Mm. You just write what you write. Mm. Um, he submitted his first draft. The writer's strike happened at the same time that he got promoted to the um, producer uh, for, for Doctor Who. So he bowed out of the project and that was all fine. That's when right. they got Edgar Wright on board to sort of polish up the, the draft. Which is very funny. So 
Uh, Joe Cornish also. Which, which is no doubt how Simon Pegg and Nick Frost oh, uh, I would were, were involved as well because mm. of Edgar Wright. But to be yeah. fair, Ready Player One, Spielberg film? Yeah, oh, Simon Pegg. Yeah, that's so true. So he just likes that's them, true. I guess. Um, oh, he's also, I mean, you know, Pegg's been pushing the American oh, yeah. you know, mm. market for, for, for a while. Very so, much so Joe Cornish was the third writer. He did Attack the Block. He also wrote Ant-Man, which I would say he probably wrote Ant-Man originally alongside Edgar right. Wright yeah. before exiting the project. Um, so, yeah, it's a good, then obviously- well, we've already got the production team. Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson, well Spielberg, and Lucas is Lucas in there. Oh, Lucas. Lucas is always there. <laughs> Lucas, Lucas is number one on Spielberg's speed dial. <laughs> just whenever Spielberg has an idea, he's got to run it past Lucas. I'm sure there's a contract that <laughs> stipulates that that's the case. Uh, but Peter, oh Jackson, no, sorry, he didn't produce it. I apologize. We just assumed. Uh, I'm sure but he Kath- was. I'm sure he was on set and part of conversations and things. <laughs> Kathleen that, Kennedy, yes, is a producer. Well, because of, of Lucasfilm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, Peter Jackson um, and his uh, digital Weta Digital mm. was his um, uh, animation studio, his digital studio. Um, he's the one that convinced convinced Spielberg um, to ditch the live action. And to make it completely animated, because that would capture the spirit of Tintin much more than live action ever yeah, could. Yeah, sure. And Herge was right on board with it. Good. Yeah. I was gonna say Herge. Herge. I actually don't know how to say it. But he was the. He's dead. Oh. Um. He died in like the seventies or something. Oh. I think really. He, he, no, he couldn't have because he was. Um, uh, he died in eighty three. Yeah, because when Spielberg made uh, Indiana... No, Spielberg was introduced to, to the Tintin comics after a review compared Tintin to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ah. Okay, so he died in 83. And so he, he yeah. got the comics, didn't read any French, but he just loved the art anyway mm. uh, and was just on board. with. And there was actually he was actually in talks to produce it um, back in 1984. Well. And when Jack Nicholson was considered to play Haddock. Oh, this is a Tintin. Mm. Like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> Stop casting Jack Nicholson in good guy roles. Um, and Herge or Hergé, what do you say, was sort of in this film in the very beginning when Tintin's getting his portrait done. As the painter? As the yeah. painter. Not, obviously not, not the voice yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's passed, but yeah, good stuff. Uh, mm. anyway. um, back to what you, sorry, Andrew, I've, I've derailed. Into no, 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 that's, that's it. Um, I think that's it. I think I think we've gotten to the trivia, gotten gone through all the trivia before actually getting to the trivia. That was that was it. <laughs> what was the? Sorry, have you done the budget, or did I glaze over for that? One hundred thirty-five million. That's expensive uh, mm. for an animated film. It was only ten years ago, so I think that's still pretty good. Um, and only made seventy-seven or so domestically in the US. Okay, but it made another three hundred million internationally. So it it covered its costs. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's covered its costs. Like Not a runaway success, but definitely covered its costs. Mm. It's just that's sad. I know. I feel like it's a risky project too, because like like you said, it would be directed more towards kids. And even ten years ago, I don't think Tintin is a, a hot property for for children. And even the nostalgia, mm. I I don't think it ever had a fan base that was so big that the nostalgia would be pull enough yeah. to to get a big audience. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have and just that. and just get that momentum rolling, but. Great film, yeah. Great film. And, a, and, a, and a great series. I know this film sort of took four specific, sort of melded together four specific Tintin st- storylines. Um, There's a couple was, of great. In, yeah, which is why, but they they they're leading on to the natural successor to the main story yeah. at the end of this film, and it's like, oh, they're good. 
going to go get the unicorn and go to the <laughs> island. And it's fine. You know, I mean, I would like it if you did, but I, I, I can see financially why that might not be top of their priority list. Uh, maybe. I mean, nostalgia is still on the rise. I don't think that's going to fall off anytime soon, especially since Hollywood is only remaking stuff. So, you know, people are clamoring for good stuff that you said that was, you know, the last time anything. Anything original was made must have been you know several years ago. Well, the good news is it's all on Netflix right now, so I can just watch yeah. it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to wait for this ma- imaginary movie to come out to, to be the sequel. I can just watch the entire yeah. three-part yeah. Se- um, episode and be pretty happy. Yeah. Um, I guess, do we, are we going to get into the main plot yet or is there still anything else? Why not? Lead the way, Seb. Okay, okay, bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I forget how old he is in, in this film. He could be quite young. I say he's in his early 20s. Yeah, he couldn't yeah. be too old. So, yeah, Tintin's- well, re- he can still run without complaining about his knees. That's true. <laughs> so he's at best 27. <laughs> so we start off with Tintin and his his dog, Snowy. Snowy's also fantastic and I will fight over yeah. this, yeah. Um, they're just in a market and Tintin, after getting a little portrait done, um, he sees a, a boat, catches eye, a model ship. He goes and finds it, and he you know ends up buying it. It's this old three mast wooden ship. Or was it fi- oh. fifty guns? Oh, King Henry the Second, or whatever it was. Anyway, he buys the unicorn. Um, he's approached by an American who tries to buy it off him, and he rejects it because he, he just wants he just wants his ship. And then he's approached. I mean, by, he paid a whole pound for it. Yeah, a whole pound, <laughs> and he was yeah. offered to name his price. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it just me, or did that character? Seem like it was modeled after Steven Spielberg. The, I the thought, salesman? No, I thought it was the Arab Sheikh. Oh, actually, yeah, who, no. Oh, yeah, no, yes, that's, when, that's who I'm thinking of. When actually, they have yeah. the first picture of him in yes. the little passport mm. or dossier, it's a fuck me, that's Steven yeah. Spielberg. Okay, <laughs> I'm so happy you saw that because I thought that as well. And it's like, I always see faces where they're not. Yes, yeah. And I'm like, I can't bring it up because yeah. it'd be like typical Seb mixing no, up white people. It's really the bearded white okay. man for the gen- No, that's, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. saw it too. That's yeah. who it was. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay, so. The American tries to buy it off him. He rejects him. So he he's, he warns Tintin, "You need to get rid of this ship. You're 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 in a lot more danger than you." Know. And he goes off. Yeah. And then we have Daniel Craig's character, um, Rock Up, whose name I just keep forgetting. Sarakin or something. Sarakin. Yeah, I think that sounds roughly right. I'll just red red um he's red racker. Yeah, Saccharin. Saccharin. So Saccharin rocks up, and once again, but in a much more arrogant way, he tries to buy the boat off Tintin, um, and he rejects him and goes. And he you know finds out who Tintin is, um. Tintin, while setting up the boat, gets tripped over by Snowy, knocks the boat, and doesn't realize that there was a secret pit of parchment hidden in one of the masks that broke. That parchment has rolled under the table. He doesn't know that it's there. And he goes off and goes, I'm going to do some research on this ship. When he comes back, he realizes that his whole apartment's been ransacked. Ransacked is a really important word in Tintin. (laughs) They will never say that he's been burgled. (laughs) Only ever ransacked. Only ever ransacked. I'm not even joking. You can go watch 30 episodes of Tintin and be like, I've been ransacked. It's not the only word he knows. Um, Well, to be fair- He was ransacked. Well, and that would have been translated from French. Yes. And presumably the word that- Best fits, you know, in English, what the what the word uh, was used in French would have been. Is the word burgled? Burglary, burglary is a French word. It's too vague. I would assume. Too vague, Seb. <laughs> Ransack <laughs> implies uh, motives other than getting, you know, just, yeah. just just getting something valuable. It, no, they, they were here for something specific. <laughs> okay, so he just- In which they were. They're always looking for something specific. <laughs> <laughs> he discovers, yeah, his whole apartment's been torn apart and the unicorn is missing. 
pause. I forgot to mention there is a pickpocket. Um, sort of relevant, but we'll come back to him. Silk, Mr. Silk. Yes, this entire time. Played in, by Toby Jones? Yeah, sounded like Toby Who Jones. was the Dreamweaver in the Doctor Who series. Yes, and Dobby. Yeah, and Dobby. Yep. Um, so there is a, a, a pickpocket that is going around his town at the same time. I'll just mention that for the sake of Thompson and Thompson, the two detectives, <laughs> are tracking him very badly. Thompson with a P and Thompson without a P. Yeah, yep. P yep. like sidekick and P like psychic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go back. When, when Thompson and Thompson are back at the at the markets and they're hiding, they've got the classic newspaper with the eyes cut out. In between their eyes cut out, there's both a picture where their nose would be in below that has something in the shape of what their mustaches actually look like. <laughs> so in between one of them, there's a there's a picture of like a rake or something and it's cut out to the same shape of that particular Thompson's mustache and the other one has something that else is just pictured like that. It's good. It's very nice, yeah. The fact that you can animate things means that you can just be as yeah. witty as you want, yeah. just throwing all these little things in. Anyway, back to the ransackery. That's Master of Disguise, right? My house is full of ransackery. <laughs> <laughs> so- he suspects that Saccharin might be behind this because he was, of course, he was in, warm by interested the guy and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he tracks him down to Marlin Spike Hall. He goes there. He meets the butler. He well, sorry, he breaks in and finds oh, there's my ship, and it turns out no, it's not your ship. It's it's a second. Saccharin says, ship. "Is it?" And he goes, "Oh yes, of course it is." <gasps> Wait a minute, the mast isn't broken. No, it's not my ship. You were completely right, and I'm leaving of my own accord, Saccharin. <laughs> yep. So that, that definitely happens. <laughs> um, but Tintin discovers, okay, there's two identical ships and he starts- The butler gives him a little- The butler is lovely. Him, <laughs> <he's> <laughs> um, then he goes back to his house and- Yeah, the, the butler says, make sure you picked up all the pieces. Mm. Yeah. So he goes back and has he- he finds the piece. I can't remember if he finds the piece first or the American comes first. Either way, he's, he, he finds the, no, he, he the might, piece he of parchment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes downstairs because he's told there's a guest for him at the door and it's the American. And the American's trying to warn him, you know, he's in a lot of danger. There's a drive-by. The American gets shot. Tintin, you know, chases after them. He then, the next day, gets pickpocketed and he loses the parchment, right? Is that the Because order? it was in yeah. his wallet. It was, yes. Yeah, he had it in his wallet. Um, gets pickpocketed, so that's taken away. That's that was the only re- reference point to bring that is because he had the piece. Now he doesn't, and he goes back to his house, and there's a delivery waiting for him. <gasps> that's strange. I didn't order a, anything, <laughs> and, and that's because little they, does he know yeah. he is the delivery. Absolutely. So he gets knocked out and thrown into a crate. We have a fun little chasing where Snowy is his dog is chasing after a Tintin in the car, and Tintin is put onto. This boat. Oh yeah. So when the American died, he spelled out in the newspaper some letters in his blood, some words. Yeah. Carabajon. Carabajon, which turns out to be the name of this ship. Yeah, not very helpful. <laughs> but in, I mean, I mean, directly as helpful as he could be without speaking. Yeah. So this is yeah. That's that's sort of one of those fun little things when kids are watching. They can go, oh yeah. I, I, you know, I feel I feel clever. I work that out. When he writes down Carabrujon yeah. to begin with, because it's been a while since this, I'm thinking like, okay, because there's smudges on like three letters here yeah. and stuff. I'm like, he's obviously, he's he's followed the wrong ones. Because like, what the fuck's a Carabrujon? Yeah. And obviously it ends up being an actual ship yeah. name. But anyway. Um, and Tintin's on the ship and he gets interrogated by um, Saccharin to give him the, the, the piece, of, piece of parchment, which he no longer has. Um, 
and Tintin goes to escape, and while escaping, he realizes this is not Saccharin's ship, this is actually the ship of Archibald Haddock, uh, a weathered sea captain whose entire crew has mutinied on him, and he spends his entire time drunk and locked in his cabin. <laughs> and that's kind of where the story really actually gets to where it's going. Because yeah. um, the whole thing is there's some uh, history between the Haddock family and Saccharin's family. What? Yeah, some mysterious dark oh. pirate history. They were both pirates, I think. Was ha- was Haddock was was Haddock his- is the descendant of um, Sir Francis Haddock. Fran- Sir Francis. Well, was he a pirate or was he just No, he was it was just a just a, a sea captain and, and it was Red Rackham who was the pirate. Yes. That explains that. See, I at some point in the movie I zoned out for a little while yep. and when I sort of cracked back in, there was pirates and I was like what? Sorry. <laughs> to, to so, the time travel movie so, confirmed. So Francis was transporting, you know, some some booty on behalf of the the, the kingdom or the crown. So he's literally or whatever. is Sir Francis Drake is what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, um, we find there's a bit of a history between them two. Red Rackham is Saccharin's great great whatever it is, and he so they're both descendants from from these two guys who left. A quarrel unresolved. Yes, there was a big fight. Sac- um, Red Rackham killed all of Haddock's crew. Um, Haddock managed to escape, but in doing so, the ship went down and all their treasure went down. So it turns out this is a treasure hunt film, effectively, yes. to find the, the the lost goods of Sir Francis Haddock, which is nice and yeah, like, simple yeah, and yeah. fun. Um, well, yeah. Very important, save for what uh, Francis had put in his own hat. Yes. Because he had that with him while the rest of the treasure went down with the ship. Yes. Or was, you know, dispersed from the explosion. Wherever it went, yeah. <laughs> so um, the story changes from where it is because it is Tintin obviously going on his bit of adventure. But then we really we, we get um, Archibald Haddock, or Captain Haddock, if you will. And he's a drunk and it's his whole it's thing a about- fun introduction. Yeah, really it's nice. great. Yeah, he's been he's been locked in a room this whole time with only whiskey to sustain him. But the door's not locked. Yeah. Oh, I assumed it was locked. <laughs> and he drinks because he's ashamed that he never lived up to his great great grandfather's legacy. And the story is about him, well, effectively stop being an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. As as fun as it can be for a kids' film, which is actually they're pretty light light what they yeah. do with it. It's all, all of his drunken scenes are definitely played for fun. Tim Tim will hit him with the "You seriously need to stop this thing," but we never actually see him have any like horrible bad drunk moments. He'll just fuck up occasionally, but it's nothing terrible. Or or you know just be enraged or you know and go off on a tangent that way. <laughs> he yeah. always does that in the cartoons yeah, anyway. Yeah. When he's not drinking, um, anyway. And it's about, yeah, them working out what they need to do to stop Saccharin from getting the treasure. They work out, or Tintin works out, um, that Haddock was, uh, sorry, Francis Haddock had three sons and they were looking for two ships and he figures that there must be a third ship. That's when they find out that Steven Spielberg has a third ship in (laughs) Saudi Arabia or whatever it is. Um, And it's kind of a race to get to that third ship to stop Saccharin from getting the clues. And it's a lot of action and stuff, which I'll skip over and all that, but it's, that's the basic premise. It, it's kind of kind of set up in that Saccharin is, yeah, he knows the ship is is there with with the Sheikh or the Prince. Um, the director. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he's- the visionary. And, he's, and he's, uh, his way into the palace is to bring along the Nightingale, which is an opera singer. And I didn't really- you know, click until she, she's there singing because they're making a big deal out of this bulletproof glass mm, that the that yeah. the thing is behind. 
and she starts singing and all of a sudden I go just like a kid would you just go oh my god he's got the, he's got the singer there to hit the high note to yeah. break the glass and then he's going to use his falcon to get yep. the thing brilliant genius oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then it happens and you go, oh my God, I picked it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so clever. <laughs> I'm the genius. It's me. Look at me go. Um, yeah, it's, I'll skip over. There's a lot of chase scenes, which are all really Which are great. Nice. Yeah. Especially, you know, right up to the, to the climax. Uh, just some brilliant bits of animation put mm. together. Just the whole sequence of how- of And they blow the dam and they have to like go down that. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Tintin is chasing the falcon. And oh, well, Haddock and everybody—they're all chasing this falcon with the with the scroll, and it's just one uncut scene of, you know, going down ropes and rivers, and you know, on a on a motorbike at some point, yeah. and chasing up things and jumps, and it's all one long mm. sequence. I, I I know it's not filmed, but still, for somebody to create, yeah, you know, and, and, and animating and, that is really yeah, impressive. yeah. Was it was it? If you're animating the and, entire and, film, and beautiful. do this kind of thing, and it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, bad guys get away with the scroll parchments. Um, Tintin kind of works out what to do with them, but he didn't have quite enough time to do it. Um, I, I want to jump back a bit, though, about how clever this film is. And it's little things. And it's not even that clever. It's just well there's, a, there's a whole sequence when they're um, sort of rescued by the French Foreign Legion in yes. North Africa. And that's, that's an entire that, story. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. But that's when they realise what Saccharin is doing and he's actually going to see the sheikh. Mm. And, and and they have to get to Bagara. Bagara rings a bell. Something, yeah, something <laughs> something like that. When they first escape from the Caribbean and they're in the they're in the freaking dinghy or whatever, the, the <laughs> rowboat getting away, and later on they see an aeroplane coming towards them. And Tintin looks at it and he goes like, it has Spanish markings on it. Portuguese. Portuguese. Yes. And he asks Haddock, is like, where was the Caribbean registered? And I'm like, oh, maritime law. You know what yeah. you're talking about. Because <laughs> the, the boats often aren't registered to the port yes. that they yes. might be necessarily working with. And I'm like, that's so, it's little things like it goes over, like a child's head is nothing. It's just, it's white noise until the plane starts shooting. But I'm like, oh, he, he looked at it and was like, okay, but where was that boat from? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. To work out whether or not they're in danger. Yeah. Good stuff. It just shows, once again, Tintin as a character was very switched on and, and smart. Remarkable and remarkable eyes without binoculars or a telescope. <laughs> and he could see the the registration markings on this plane coming right at them. Yep. And typically these things are on the tail. <laughs> He's so good at his He's job. So good. He's such a good investigator. <laughs> but I, I, he I, can I, deduce from, <laughs> from, the sh- from the way the shadow passes onto the, the, the sunlight, reflects off the wings. He can know which letters are there. <laughs> and you think this would be infuriating in some way. No, it's, but it's, it's not. I don't it's know so, why. Oh my God. Yeah. He's um, just a very thorough reporter. He's so he knows Stuff. Um, but it's fine because he interviewed a pilot once. That's right. Like, <laughs> that's right. So he knows everything about the airline industry now. Tintin is effectively what do you? He's a Mary Sue. What's the what's the male equivalent of a Mary Sue though? But he is like he he's just good at whatever he does. He's not like super talented at like. I mean, to be fair though, he does beat up a lot of people in this film, which he shouldn't have been able to. But he's he's the look. You can sort of make that argument. I mean, he's the protagonist, so of course he's going to end up, you know, in in the right place. Mm. Um, but he doesn't always get everything right. He gets caught. He he fouls up. He makes mistakes. I and he say, and he kind of grows and he and he realizes what's what's going on. So I, I, I don't I don't think it's fair to say he's Mary Sue, but he definitely does. 
They have a lot of talents. Yeah. <laughs> I think what helps is that he's always I'm running. <laughs> it's that he's if he's not running directly into the danger, I mean, he is, but he spends so much of his time trying to avoid the conflict and get out of there alive that even though he's so good at all these things, it's a chase movie for most of the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas sure. if he was- And it's about him outsmarting. But yes. that I mean, that's seen specifically with the, with the boat. He has one bullet left in his gun and he- Manages to fire off a shot when the when the plane is making a second pass and knock out the engine and the plane lands. He knows they're in trouble. He dives in the water and swims without the pilots noticing, and then comes up on them. <laughs> I love how in that scene, like the pompadour of his hair just cuts through the water like a shark. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, isn't it? That's so funny. <laughs> I like when in the beginning of the film you see him try and like pat it down, and the mirror just boing. It's just saying, anyway, but yeah, he sneaks up on the pilots, but, and he he knows he's he's bluffing. But he points the gun at them and says, "I've I, I've got you now. Uh, you know you're you're outsmarted. Uh, lay down your arms." And they and they do. And it's all about how he how he outsmarts people and how he uses the situation to his advantage. Mm. I don't think that's Mary suing, because if it wasn't Mary suing, he would just charge at them and you know be impervious to the bullets and they would all miss. But he avoids all that altogether, mm. and he crafts a way that it actually is to his advantage. He's just very lucky. No, no, that's, okay. that scene was intelligent, and that's and that's a fair criticism. Again, he's the protagonist, so of course he's going to have more luck than anybody else, and he has to. It's got plot armor, yes. Yeah. And not a complaint. This is not a complaint. But nobody's really shooting it. at him. So is it plot armor, eh, or is it, or is it just him? You know, being being clever, and yeah. he is, and he is clever. He's a very clever guy. Yeah. yeah. So back to the end of the film. <laughs> it's unrealistic, but. Not in an unsatisfying uh, but way. There's also a yeah. cartoon, so it's not killing yeah, me. Like, yeah. This is not a complaint. I was just acknowledging for the sake of no, saying. No, like, I, I, I yeah. get that. I get that. Um, but, but it's not a cop out in the same way that Mary Sue characters feel. Sure. Like you know, when when, when something when a Mary Sue does something and you go, oh my god, I could you know that's okay. convenient. Yeah, yeah. You you get none of that in Tintin. You, yeah. It's 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 all this. Oh, that's how we do. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So they end up. How do they track them? They, through the Morse through Morse code. So when Tintin was on the boat, he sent he, a message. He sent a message to the Thompson, so he knows the Caribbean's frequencies. They get onto Interpol to monitor the radio frequencies, and then they're just waiting there at the dock for them. I know, but well, that's fine. It was just you don't have to get every single detail out. You, you just assume that Interpol got back to them and they know where they were going. So they go to take a, take Saccharin away, and there's a sword fight involving cranes, and not yes, mm. yeah. It's just fun. It's just a nice way of doing it. And when they, when when he and Haddock sort of crash the cranes into one another, there's a, 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 a reminiscent scene of of uh, Red Rackham um, walking down the, the the mast on fire to come after um, Francis Haddock. In the same way that now Saccharin is oh, walking down yeah. the the crane yep. to you know give the final blow to Haddock. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Like yeah. yeah. And his whole Saccharin's whole motivation through it is to keep Haddock alive. Until he remembers why Saccharin is after him, because to kill him before that would be unsatisfying. Yep. <laughs> and also, apparently, the the treasure is something in the Haddock could work out. Something like that. Which yeah. we find out what that specifically meant at the yeah. very very end. Um, so they, and that's really nice too. Yeah, that's a that's a really nice little way to to sort of pinch that bow, uh, because Haddock realizes that you know there's a there's a globe with an island that doesn't exist. Yep. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I sail all the time. Like that. That's yeah. not there. And yeah, it ends up being a button that he yeah. presses, and it it's turns out in his ho- his old family house was the first lot of the treasure, which is the the mm. part that fit in in Francis's yes. hat. 
That's right. And then they get the the last clue, which is some coordinates to where to go to find the treasure. And the film's like, cool, we're done now. (laughs) No need to to follow up on where that treasure is. Um, Which is, that's the disappointing part, that it hasn't. I'm sure they found it, Seb. It makes you feel any better. (laughs) Do they find it next movie or the the imaginary third movie? (laughs) This was set in the 50s, so maybe they're still trying to get there. It's just so (laughs) far away. It's taken me 65 years. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Well, we jumped around a lot, but I'll throw back to a really fun scene then. Cause it, it when the wallet is found by the Thompsons. Yes. So oh, oh my God. What happened? Yeah, that whole scene. They had grabbed the coat off the pickpocket <laughs> and in such grabbed his wallet and they had gone to return it to the pickpocket assuming that he was somebody who had been pickpocketed. And the pickpocket is so awkward and does not want to have this conversation. And they're like, no, 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 we want to make sure you're all good. And they go inside his house and he's got a room that has thousands of wallets. Catalogued, just like mm. books in a library. Yeah. And they're just like, well, this man really likes his wallets. And like, no further questions. <laughs> so delightfully oblivious, these oh. two. <laughs> and like they, they, to the point oh, that they- look, this man's name is Thompson too. <laughs> Thompson with a P? A, a P like sidekick? No, no P, like sidekick or whatever it is. Stupid ass line is. And it's only for some reason when they pick up Tintin's wallet, they're like- yes. Oh, it's not yours. <laughs> no, he comes clean. He says, "Look, you idiots! I'm the, I'm the, I'm the pickpocket, but I'm not a bad guy. I'm a kleptomaniac." <laughs> Such a stupid scene. And somehow they're just as dumb as they were in the original cartoon, though. Like yeah. Thompson, Thompson. Oh, they had moments of yeah. of clarity, like the fact that they knew how to get in touch with Interpol. Look at them that's, go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I think it was really good casting with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost there. Like the fact that they, they I think sounded great like- great casting all round. Mm, yeah, I think so too. They all sounded very close to how I remember them from the cartoon. Haddock did sound different, but not bad. Just just different. Um, Tintin, once again, different, but close enough. But Thompson and Thompson, there's a chance that if I was, you know, eyes closed listening to both versions, I might not be able to tell which one was which. Right. Mm. Obviously, once again, <clears throat> subtle differences, but they did a really good impersonation of those of the voice actors from the cartoon, at least, which is nice. Oh, mm. They didn't have to do that. They could have just done Simon Pegg and Nick Cross. It would have been just as delightful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it works. I had a good time with this. This is, this it is was fun. Did you guys want to move on to Verdict then, or do you have anything else to touch on? Any any fun little scenes that caught your fancy? Um. Pretty much just that that shark fin hair joke just really stuck with me for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, it's I think like a lot of the a lot of like like Andrew was saying a lot of like those chase scenes and stuff are really really like just look beautiful even though they are digital. Like you yeah. can still appreciate how much work would have gone into oh, it. Yeah, like yeah, I really really enjoyed those parts. And it was motion capture mm. digital, so all the backgrounds are digital, but all the actors moving around they genuinely you know modeled that yeah, on the actors right. moving around and you can see it in the faces saccharin looks like daniel craig he's yeah. got yeah. the face manner i felt like he craig. was better animated than some other people i think he was the best yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um he's also a very recognizable in his in in, in how his face works yeah. and how it and how it moves mm, definitely. it's very recognizable not so much for bell i don't i couldn't really tell you yeah I, if you yeah i wouldn't better point him out in the lineup yeah. at all which one's he billy elliot yeah. So he was the thing in the horrible Fantastic Four remake? Oh, was he? I didn't even know that. I guess, yeah, I guess so. Oh, now that I think of him, he doesn't look anything like Tintin. Oh, well, they did. He <laughs> anima- animated from Wise, looked fine. Snowy was fantastic. Yeah, Snowy was fun. Good dog. And, and, and um, Andy Circus, you can see his face in Haddock as well. Yeah. Not as, not as good as Saccharin, but still 
you know, there. And Haddock was more cartoonish in appearance sort than the because he had yeah. like the like the particularly bulbous nose and like the, his head yeah. was just thicker. But the voice was so good. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I'll say let's jump to verdicts then. Unless there's anything else, let's do I it. Think it's this button. You heard the good, you've heard the bad, a lot of opinions, a couple facts. It's verdict time. Yes, go watch this. But first, go watch the thirty odd episodes <laughs> on Netflix of just the cartoon. Just do it. It's fun. The theme song from the beginning of the show was that song. I love yep. that song so yep. much. I'm but, um, certainly considering it, given how highly you've spoken of it. <laughs> it's it is old, and it's going to feel a little bit dated in parts. But it's it's just a good natured story. Were the it's, comics written in the fifties? Is that is, is that why it's set in the fifties? I imagine so. Well, her, yeah, with Hirsch dying in eighty in nineteen eighty, so he would have been sure. Right. I mean, yeah. at least he would have been born at the earliest. Let's say nineteen hundred. Yeah, probably not that early. But yeah, I'd say it would have had to be. Yeah. Okay. But it's fun. But I will say, like it's it's old, and for me, I can just sit there and just wash it, wash it, and it's just it's comfortable. It's just a comfort mm. show for me. Yeah. Um, it's not as intriguingly like mysterious, like oh, how does this solve itself, sort of thing. It's just watching Tintin go through the motions of doing it all. But it is clever. Yes, and you'll never feel like the show's talking down to you. But it's not the kind of mystery that you can also most of the time solve on your own because it's not giving you those clues. You're learning when he is learning. So you might be able to learn it in time with him, but you'll never be ahead of him because right. it, it is a detective story that follows the character. Yes. Yeah. And Haddock's in most of it, um, not all of it, but there's other characters that didn't make the cut for this one, which I assume would have in the next one. Professor Calculus, which is, he ends up building them. You may have recognized it. Um, he ends up building them this um, submarine that's in the shape of a shark. Okay, um, which they use when trying to find this, the treasure in the story. Um, yeah, okay, but they didn't yeah. get to it yet. But anyway, there's a lot of other characters. There's the the opera lady as well, the nightingale. Yes. Oh, what's her name in the cartoon though? Haddock ends up marrying her. It's weird. Anyway, oh, okay. He hates her. Yeah, she's very yeah. annoying, <laughs> <laughs> and I also hate her because she's very annoying. Anyway, anyway, sorry. That's me. Yes, go watch all of it. Go watch all Tintin. Yeah, I. I would definitely recommend it. Like I said, I didn't have any like sort of preconceived notions about Tintin really. So it was very new to me, but it was a really fun movie. And like you said, like it is a kid's film, but you are able to like enjoy it as an older person yeah. as well. So like if you need, yeah, if you're looking for just something fun and lighthearted and joyous after maybe watching a horribly depressing <laughs> film, <laughs> I would certainly, uh, yeah, jump straight into Tintin. Like I said, really good cast too. And it looks really nice. It's a beautiful film. Mm. Like the animation is just spot on it doesn't yeah. look it doesn't look cheap for a start no I th- not at all in fact i think 130 million may have been a bargain yeah well, i guess I well for how good it, it really does look this good mm. um it was it was disqualified from um the golden globes or academy awards or something because there was a misunderstanding about what motion capture meant and mm. at at the time it was decided that because it was motion capture that it didn't qualify as a as an animated film Mm. And so it was disqualified from from the awards. Otherwise, it probably would have won an Oscar. Yeah, for, you just the visuals, yeah. Because it really is a gorgeous looking film, and yeah. it's fun. Yeah, and it's very. You, you watch it and you just go, "Yes, you'll be <laughs> barracking for Haddock, and especially for Haddock, just to yeah. have some sort of redemption. You want him to to come good, and he and he kind of does, and then he doesn't, and then he kind of does, and then he falls back again, and then he yeah. and then but he ends up he ends up uh, coming good, and you it's so satisfying. Yeah, this film. It is. You get, get it's 
it's exactly what you want out of that kind of a movie. Like it's just fun. You get a little adventure up and down across the yeah. way and you get a nice happy ending to finish on. It's literally the emotional opposite of last week's film. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, last week's film makes you feel cold and scared. No. This film's like, this is nice. a warm blanket. Yeah, it really and is. You can, it's a comfort movie. And you can enjoy it passively and just let it tell its story or if you can't help yourself and you get into it and where's it going to go? I'm, mm. I want to guess. I want to be the detective as well. You can do that too. Yeah. Because the film is kind of open-ended enough that it'll show you where it's going and give you some time before it gets there. Yep. Well, good. Now we have a question before we go. So next week, we're going into the obviously whatever next film. Now we have a choice, and I want to do this on mic because it's funnier. <laughs> so we are doing at some stage very soon, Dogma, Jansel and Bob Strike Back, and Jansel and Bob's Reboot. But we've also got to put Clue in there. Clue. Do we want to do Clue, clue and Dogma? We'll, no, we'll just do four weeks of Clue. Okay. <laughs> With the different endings. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, this is my question. If we do Dogma next week and then the week after do Jan and Bob, we then get a one week break between Jan and Bob and Jan and Bob. Okay. Or okay. No, that, if we I, do I think... Clue then Dogma yeah. next fortnight, then we do Bob's Dogma. Back to back. Yes. <laughs> I think maybe we take a break and do Clue last. Okay, so we'll be doing next, coming back next week. We'll come back with uh, Clue, and then we'll do Dogma. Okay, and then oh no, that's oh, the, we'll, no way, no, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. Decided. Dogma and Jansel and Bob okay. strike back. Okay, so that's the next fortnight. Dogma, Jansel and Bob. I can't wait for the cock knocker. <laughs> it's going to be great. I love the cocktail. So good. <laughs> Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. You can check out the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash second take. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Jordan MSPP. You can follow me at Bastion underscore James. Our website is secondtakepodcast.com. And our email address is secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. Also, we have a Patreon if you want to support the show, which is patreon.com slash second take. We're going to get an OnlyFans soon. It's coming. I'm joking. Oh my God, we're not. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll be back next week with Dogma, <laughs> which I'm also excited about sure. doing. Great movie. It's fine. It's good. Thank you. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugara people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. 